You may be seated. In the dark of the midnight have I oft hid my face while the storm howls above me and there's no hiding place mid the crash of the thunder precious Lord hear my cry keep me safe till the storm passes by till the storm passes over till the thunder sounds no more till the clouds roll forever from the sky hold me fast let me stand in the hollow of thy hand Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Many times Satan whispered, There is no need to try, For there's no end of sorrow, There's no hope by and by. But I know thou art with me, And tomorrow I'll rise where the storms never darken the skies till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe. Till the storm passes by. When the long night has ended and the storms come no more, let me stand in thy presence on that bright and peaceful shore in the land where the tempest never comes lord may i dwell with thee when the storm passes by till the storm passes over till the thunder sounds no more till the clouds roll forever from the sky hold me fast let me stand in the hollow of thy hand keep me safe keep me safe keep me safe till the storm passes by
so wonderful to know that we are in the very palm of his hand as a child of God. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, I'm so thankful that God will never leave us nor forsake us. It's so good to be a child of God. I'm thankful I'm saved and on my way to heaven. I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I'm thankful that God, that he has a plan for us yet here on earth. We're here today. Amen. So good to know that God is here with us and that God wants to use us and work in our life. God loves us. Thank God for his grace and mercy. God is so good to us. And we've been talking over the last couple of weeks, talking about Jesus, the great I am. He is the great I am and how Jesus answers the deepest longings in our life. Looking at some simple phrases as we've looked at here in the Gospel of John, I want you to look there again, John chapter 10. We've been looking at several different passages as Jesus, as He proclaims Himself to be the great I Am. There's no question that's who He claimed to be, and the, the Jews of that day knew exactly what He was saying. And yes, Jesus Christ not only claimed that He was, but He is the great I Am. He is the one that ever was and ever will be. He is not, has no beginning and no end. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the great I Am. And I can say this today, that He has the answers to the longings of life within our hearts, the challenges that we face, the problems that we go through. He has the answers for us. We looked at some of the I Am statements. The first one we looked at was the fact that He said, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. We eat that bread, we drink of that cup, we no longer are hungry, never have to thirst again. I'm so thankful for the day that I ate of that bread and drank of that cup and I knew Jesus Christ as my personal Savior as I trusted in Him and I knew I was going to heaven. I praise the Lord for that. Last week we looked at the fact that Jesus is the light. He is the light. He is the light in this world of darkness. We live in a dark world today, but I'm thankful that He is the light and He wants to shine that light through us. The questions that people are looking to answer, there's people that are hungering and thirsting, there's people that are looking for light, people are looking for answers, and Jesus has the answer. Here today we have in the opening verses of this chapter that we've read already this morning, Jesus discussed the benefits associated with being in the sheepfold. While inside the fold, the sheep enjoyed rest and peace, and they enjoyed security there in that sheepfold. The shepherd's watching over them, he's caring for them in that fold. He was familiar with each one of them, by the way, as well. He called them by name. Boy, aren't you thankful today that as a child of God, that God knows you personally by name. He knows you. I know Him too. I'm thankful for that. He leads the sheep we see here. The sheep gladly follow the shepherd. They're trusting in His gracious care for them. They're following after Him. Jesus also warned of those who would come and deceive though. They, they, they sought to, 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 to deceive the sheep. They sought to come in another way. Not coming through the door. These were not genuine shepherds, but those who originated from a different source following a different path. Jesus described these as thieves and robbers. Those who had no concern for the well-being of the sheep. And having shared the benefits of the sheepfold and warned of those false shepherds, some were still confused about the true meaning of Jesus' words, this parable that He was giving to them. They didn't understand it completely. Man, they understood about being a sheep and a shepherd, and they understood about the, the, the fact that the, the sheepfold and all those, that would have been something they would have understood very well. They would have understood having those things in that day. But to help them better understand Jesus, He continued to share the, the, the truth regarding the sheep and the sheepfold. 
And he reveals another one of the great I am statements here in this passage of Scripture, declaring himself to be the door. I am the door, he says. And so this morning, as we examine the assurance revealed in this text, I want to consider the door of the sheep. The door of the sheep. Would you join me as we have a word of prayer? Lord, we thank you for who you are, that you are the great I am. Lord, I'm thankful that you're here with us. I'm thankful that you are the bread of life, that you have living water. Lord, I'm thankful today that you are the light. You brought light and darkness. You opened our eyes, those that have trusted in you spiritually. We have light to see the truth. You are truth. Lord, I'm thankful today that you are the door. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that each one of us today, Lord, that we would understand that you have the answers for the longings of life. And Lord, that we would seek the answers from the only source that can actually fix or heal or help in that situation, the problems that we face. Lord, I pray for those that perhaps are here today that do not know you as their personal Savior. Lord, I pray their eyes would be opened. Lord, I pray they would see you. You love them and you want to be their shepherd and guide and direct them. Lord, speak to our hearts today. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to look with me first of all here this morning here in our text as we see Jesus going back now and and illustrating this parable more. Beginning in verses 7 through 9, we see this. And the first thing I want you to notice as we review these verses once again, I want you to notice the prominence of the door. As Jesus begins to describe Himself as the door of the sheepfold, He reveals the prominence of the door. And through His words, we discover, first of all, the entrance. Look at verse number 7 once again, if you would. Notice what Jesus then Jesus said unto them again. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. And then in verse number 9, we see right there, He says, I am the door. He is proclaiming the fact that He is the door of the sheep. I am statement we see there once again. Jesus had spoken of the door into the sheepfold earlier in this passage and He revealed Himself as the shepherd with legitimate access to the fold. And now He declares that He too is He's not only the shepherd, but He's the door of the sheepfold. He remains the shepherd and He is also only, not only the door, or the, but the means of entrance into the fold as well. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the door into the sheepfold. Jesus Christ is the door into salvation. Jesus Christ is is the door that leads us into a relationship with God the Father. We need to understand what Jesus was speaking about here. You see, He was painting a mental picture for them to understand. They would have understood it, the, the idea of the sheepfold. Sheep, they would have been kept in an enclosure of stone or, or maybe branches. They would have formed a wall to keep out the wolves, to keep out the lions, to keep out the bears, to keep out those that would come in and try to devour the sheep. There would have been an opening, though, that would be left as an entrance. There was no literal door like what we have here on hinges that you would go and you'd turn the doorknob and it would swing open on hinges. It wasn't like that at all. You see, the shepherd literally became the door 
of the sheepfold as they laid in that narrow passageway. They became the one that was right there in that doorway that kept the sheep in and kept the wolves out. Let the sheep in. Kept them safely. He was literally the door, their defense, their stay. And so we first of all, we see here the, the entrance. Secondly, notice with me, look at verse number 8. Notice the resistance. And verse 8 says, All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Others had come prior to Christ proclaiming uh, the fact of that they were the, the one that came, the promised one. They were the ones that could promise them God. They were the ones that could show them the way. But they were only thieves and robbers. They sought to instill principles that required sums of money given. Principles that required works performed. Principles that required rituals upheld. These never brought reconciliation to God, though. It never brought a person back into a right relationship with God. It never caused that person to be redeemed, to be brought back, being bought with a price. No, all it did was rob the people of their time, money, and peace. Man has always sought another way to please God rather than through Christ, by the way. It goes all the way back to the very beginning. Man has desired to do something other than what God commands or what God provides. They resist the notion that Jesus Christ is the way of forgiveness and eternal life. Surely many were deceived. In that day, many had followed after those charlatans, those, those people that were wolves, those people that had led them astray. But those who sought the Lord and were sensitive to His guidance did not fall victim to such false doctrine. They embraced the truths of God's Word and they recognized Jesus as the Christ. Jesus as the Messiah. You know, we too are summoned by many who claim a different way. I mean, look at the world we live in today. There are so many people today that try to say that there is another way to God other than what Jesus Christ Himself said. Many people today, they proclaim a religion. They say, if you are a religious person, if you do this religious thing, you will be able to appease a holy, righteous God and your sins can be annulled. If, if you'll do this penance, if you'll do this work, if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll go and make a promise, if you'll pray to a, a saints that have gone before, and, or you'll pray to Mother Mary, or if you'll, you'll do these simple rituals, you can be forgiven. There's all kinds of different religious practices that are out there that are man-made that sidestep what Jesus Christ Himself said. Who Jesus Christ Himself proclaimed to be. Even in this day, there were people that were sidestepping Jesus Christ. We're talking about those Pharisees and the Sadducees. We're talking about many religious people. We're trying to do religious deeds to try to earn favor with God and to somehow keeping the law, and yet they couldn't keep the law. There's none righteous, no, not one. None of us can keep all the law. And yet, people would give their money. Rabbis would demand money to be able to do ceremonies for them to help them that they might, at their death, be resurrected on the day of resurrection. Pay large sums of money for it. That even happens still today. I know a missionary friend that's in Israel. He says it's incredible how that there's people over there that they're, they'll pay large sums of money that the rabbi will demand so that they'll do the ritual rites at death so that they, in hopes of being resurrected on the resurrection morn. Taking advantage of people. 
And we see that so prevalent. Well, it was prevalent in that day as well. And here we see that Jesus, He's talking about the fact that He has a fold and He has sheep that are in that fold and they're not going to heed the voice of strangers. I want to stop and set aside for just a moment and say this today. If you're a child of God, you've truly trusted in Christ as your Savior, don't listen to people that are telling you uh, lies that are, not con- that are contrary to the Word of God. Things that are not true to the Word of God. Be very careful what you're reading. Be very careful what you're letting in your ears. Be very careful what you allow for yourself to, to take in as religious things. Don't listen to the cults. Believe me, listen, I, I've known people that they say they were saved and, 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 and before you know it, and I'm gonna, there's going to be some things I'm going to say today It might offend somebody, but I'm going to offend it with the truth. The, the truth is, is this. Jehovah's Witness are not leading people to Christ. Had a gentleman I worked with for 10 years. He used to be Baptist. He was Jehovah's Witness when I worked with him. Me and him would talk about, I would witness to him, and he, he would quote his Scripture, and I say his Scripture because it wasn't the Word of God. It was, it was a, a translation that had been rewritten by the founder of the Jehovah's Witness, and they changed the Word of God over and over and over again. Took away anything about salvation. Took away anything about the fact that there is a heaven and that there is a hell. They changed everything they could. And they also took away the deity of Jesus Christ. Once again, Jesus is the great I Am. He proclaimed that truth Himself. And if you don't believe it, then you must believe that He was a liar. That's why they crucified Him, folks. Now, we know why He was crucified for our sins. But what they said He did was blasphemy. You have to understand that. There was no question that that's what they said He was. That He was blaspheming because He was proclaiming to be the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the great I Am. And there are voices that we need not listen to. There are things we should not listen. We ought to listen to Jesus Christ. We had to listen to the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's what the Word of God says. Not what the Jehovah's Witness Bible says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Small G-O-D. That's what their Bible says. I said to my friend, I said, well, how many gods are there then? If your Bible says that he was a God, then how many gods are there? (laughs) He couldn't answer that question. There is but one true God. It is the great I Am. Three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's what the Word of God says. And I'm getting a little bit sidetracked here, but as His sheep, we ought to listen to the shepherd and listen to the Word of God and don't listen to those lying, thieving wolves that are trying to destroy what God has has made and what God has done. Notice thirdly, if you would, the abundance. Look at verse 9. He says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Jesus reveals the great abundance that we enjoy through Him. Man, what abundance we have. Just in this one verse, we see, first of all, we have our salvation because of Jesus Christ, the great I Am. Our salvation by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. It's a picture of entering in into the family of God, being born again, being made alive spiritually, knowing you're a child of God because of Jesus Christ. He is your shepherd. By the way, all who come to him shall be saved is what it says. Shall. Shall be saved. 
All who come to Him shall be saved. He doesn't reveal a chance of salvation, no. But a certainty of salvation. I I hit on things like this because it's so important that we understand what kind of salvation that God offers to us. It's not a hope-so salvation. There's all kinds of man-made religions that talk about, I hope I can go to heaven. Hey, listen, as a child of God who has come into the fold, and I'm a sheep, and He is my shepherd. Hey, listen, I have absolute certainty based on the promise from God's Word that I am saved. Right now. John 6.37 says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Yeah, I came to him. I'm so thankful. Secondly, we see our security. We're talking about the abundance. We're talking about the great abundance that we enjoy through Him. We have security, and that goes hand in hand with what we just talked about. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out. What a privilege of the glorious privilege of being able to go in and out. Now, don't misunderstand what the text is saying here. Some would say that means that you can have multiple salvation experiences. Nope. There's but one. How many times were you born into this world physically? One time, right? I, I don't think they've changed that yet. They're trying to change gender, but they haven't changed that yet. You got one birthday, right? Amen, physically speaking. How many times can you get spiritually born, into the, born again into God's family? One time. One time. It's not something you do again and again and again and again and again and again. You might be here today and it's something you've done many times. Let me ask you, have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you believe that He died for your sin, paid your sin that on Calvary's cross? You believe that He was buried and rose again the third day? And you have put your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ there on Calvary's cross, believing fully that He paid your sin debt and rose again. Do you believe that today? Say amen. Amen. You are saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are secure. We don't have to worry about losing our salvation. What this is referring to is the liberty and assurance we have in Christ Jesus. We no longer have to fear death. We no longer have to fear the storms of this life. We have confidence that we are going to make it through with Christ. There's no doubt. 2 Timothy 1.12 says this, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. Do you believe that today? Say amen. amen. Praise God for our security. And then thirdly, we see here, He says, By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. We see our satisfaction satisfaction. This is a concept that many in Jesus' day they were very familiar with. The shepherd, the shepherd would lead the sheep to abundant pastures. It was the idea of plenty, not, not wanting or lacking the necessities of life. It was abundant. It, w- it was a good to be led and to be led by uh, the great shepherd to his green pastures is what this is talking about. I can tell you this. I have never found him lacking in his care for me. And I have never wanted while feasting upon his abundant supply. You think about what God has done for us. God is there for us. God can provide for us. Listen, the world has nothing to compare with the pastures of the Lord. What God has to offer us is far greater than anything this world could ever offer. 
And I can say this as well. I have nothing to look back for or to return to. Remember before you got saved? What was it that before you got saved was better than what you have now as a child of God? And if you think there is something, that means the devil's working in your heart. That means your old flesh is getting victory in your life. I can tell you this. The world has nothing to offer. That drinking, those drugs, the popularity the world wants to offer, the money. Listen, what the world has to offer only brings death and destruction into lives. What God has to offer, He has the living bread. He has that living water. He has light that opens our eyes. He has the door that, that He, basically, when you say the door, we're talking about the shepherd. He guides us. He directs us. He protects us. What a blessing. Just looks at the next part here in verse 10. I want you to see the next point. It says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy the protection in the door. The protection in the door. Jesus had warned of thieves and robbers who sought to gain entrance into the sheepfold or to get in there from some other way, not going through the door. The door, though, provided much-needed protection for the sheep. I want you to notice there in verse number 10, he says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. The first thing we see there is the opportunity for danger. Danger. The sheepfold was built to provide safety and security for the sheep. There is danger. There's danger out there. There in that day, it would have been, uh, you talk about David, he killed a lion and a bear, so we know that they had that. Talk about wolves, we know that they had that. It was interesting, when I went to Israel, we went to what they call, actually, the valley, the shadow of death. It's an actual place. And you can see, as you stand there, you're looking down on this valley. It's an amazing thing. And you look up behind you, there's a, it's the Jericho Road that goes right along that valley. And you look up behind you, and you see these, uh, these trails that are all along, where you can still see today, where they, I mean, for, for hundreds, if not thousands of years, they're using the same trails to take their flock and to, to, to guide them. And you look down, and you see this valley, it's really neat when you're there and you're looking at it. There's a cross that's right there and they have a sign that says the valley of the shadow of death. And, and as we were there, it was just amazing. I was taking pictures and all of a sudden I heard howling. I got my camera and I zoomed in as close. I saw wolves were down there howling in the valley of the shadow of death. In the middle of the day, I thought, this is crazy. You know, you think about the fact of Jesus Christ being our shepherd. Listen, we live in a world that is filled with dangers and challenges all around us. There's attacks on every side. But I am so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ that He is there to protect us. He is there. And there's opportunity of danger all around us. There's no doubt about that. But Jesus Christ, He is the door. Do you realize that nothing comes into your life unless it gets past Jesus Christ? And we might not understand always why. We not understand everything that completely as to why, but what we do know is this, that He is greater than anything we'll ever face. He is stronger. And if He allows something to happen, there's a purpose for it. There's a reason for it. I want you to notice, if you would, look at that verse again, verse 10. It says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. Notice the objective in danger. The objective. What do they want to do? Kill, steal, destroy. They weren't coming to check on the welfare of the sheep. They weren't coming to say, hey, let's just make sure the sheep are doing okay. No, they wanted to, man, I'll tell you what, they wanted, uh, it was all about violence and devastation. They wanted to kill, steal, destroy. That's what they're coming for. 
Now listen, I know the devil can't steal away us from the Lord. He, he can't take us away from the Lord Jesus Christ. We are secure in his mighty hand. We've sang about that today. We know that the word of God speaks about that. We've read verses about that today. But Christ holds us in his hand and God holds us in his hand. And the devil cannot steal us away from that. I can tell you this though. He would like to lead you away from the door out of the sheepfold, separating you from the shepherd. Now that doesn't mean out of the hand of God. I'm talking about he wants to take you out of protection. He would like to steal your joy and your peace. He would like to hinder your walk with the Lord. The sad truth is there are many Christians today that's exactly where they're at. They've lost the joy of their salvation. You talk about peace, there is none. They have no peace. Talk about walking with the Lord. They're so hindered by the things of this world. They're not walking with God. The devil is hard at work. This world is hard at work. Your old sinful nature is contrary and fighting you. You see, the thief, it not only comes to steal, but to kill and destroy. He takes pleasure in leaving destruction and devastation behind. So many Christians today, instead of enjoying having the joy of the Lord as a strength, enjoying their salvation, enjoying being a child of God and having their faith become stronger and stronger and trusting God more and more, they get their eyes off of Him and they allow themselves to be deceived. They get deceived. The devil says, God doesn't care. God doesn't hear your prayer. And many times as a walking down that path, you end up with destruction, broken marriages, children that go wayward, children that go away from God, ministries that fail, devastation, destruction. The devil takes pleasure in that. He wants to do all he can do to hurt you, to hinder you, to scatter the sheep. We must understand the desires of the enemy while staying close to the shepherd for protection. Stay close. Stay close to the shepherd. And the sad truth is, many times when people face difficulties, they go away from the shepherd. They go away from the Word of God. They go away from the people of God, the brothers and sisters in the Lord. They go away from the worship of God. They start looking to the world for answers. And as a result, they end up finding themselves with destruction, brokenness. Sometimes they even think that going that direction is how they're going to find help, but you can mark it down. The enemy has no intention of helping you in the way. They want to destroy you. The devil wants to abuse you. He wants to bring about as much suffering and devastation as possible. He wants for you, Dad. He wants you to fall so your children will fall. He wants for your wife to fall. Hey, listen. He wants for us as Christians, godly leaders in our community, He wants for us to fall. He wants this church to fall. That's what He's there for. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. But I want you to notice thirdly here, I want you to notice the promise through the door. In verse 10, this, we see that it says there, I am come, Christ is saying, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus, he revealed a great contrast between the door of the sheepfold and the thief who comes to steal and destroy. 
Notice, we see the contrast here. The Lord's purpose, what He does. In verse 10, I am come that they might have life. That's why He came. The thief comes to destroy and to kill and to steal. Christ comes that there might be life. Life. You see, these had yet to comprehend the reason for Jesus' coming to earth, but He shared His purpose. Not all of them understood it yet. Even the disciples were struggling with that. He came that sheep might have life. He came to break the curse of sin that leads to eternal death, eternal separation from God in a place called hell. Jesus came to provide the perfect sacrifice for sin, delivering us from death, forgiving our sin, and reconciling us to God. That's why He did it. And He'll go on to declare that He is the Good Shepherd coming with purpose. Look at verse number 11. Look what He says. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gives His life for the sheep. That's why He came. To give His life for the sheep. Notice the Lord's provision. Look back at verse number 10. He says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more. What's the last word there? You see it? Abundantly. Not just life. But more abundantly. Not just a secure life. But an abundant life that speaks of super abundance, life beyond measure. Jesus had not come for his sheep to merely exist in life. He came that he would then give them life that would be abundant life. He came to provide joy. He came to provide victory. He came to provide peace. He came to give assurance. He came that we might know him and enjoy having fellowship with him in this life, right now. From the moment you got saved, then for all eternity. But we're not in heaven yet, folks. We're here on earth right now. And He came that we might have life more abundantly right now. You see, there's no reason for the believer to live in a life of defeat. Christ has made a promise here. There's no reason for us as a Christian to live a life of defeat. There's no reason. It's a willful choice. It's a willful choice. And don't blame it on God. It's a choice we make. He has promised that He came that He might give us life. And I praise God, I've been born again. I have life everlasting. But He gave me a life that's more abundant right now and for all eternity, forevermore. Hmm. I can tell you this, the devil doesn't want you to enjoy that. That's why it's important we stay in the sheepfold. We stay behind the protection that God puts in our life. Jesus is that door, but I can tell you there's some examples we could use as illustrations of how, how God puts barriers in our life to keep us safe. He's the door, of course, but there, there are things in our life that we ought to stay away from. There are things that are in this world that ought not be in our homes. There are places that we ought not go. We ought to go where the shepherd leads. We ought to trust in him. The sad truth is, most Christians today, they think this abundant life is beyond reach. 
It's not. It's not beyond reach. Many assume such abundant life is reserved for heaven. It's not. It's right now. Right now. Yeah, heaven's going to be beyond our wildest imagination and dreams. We can't even comprehend all of what heaven will be. But we can have abundant life right now. In this time, in this moment, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, we don't have to wait to heaven to have the blessings and abundance of the Lord. I want you to take your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians. I want you to look at something with me. Encouraging verses here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We often pull this verse out of context. And I think it's okay with, when we talk about the fact that God has something for us in heaven. There's no doubt about that. But I want you to look at this verse in context. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Sorry, 1 Corinthians. Thanks, Dave. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Why don't you look at verse number 7? And we could read out this whole passage right here, but I want you to look at verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen... nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the thing, things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Think about what he's saying here. We often, we talk about, but I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, talking about heaven. That's true. This is talking about right now. This is talking about how the Holy Spirit of God has opened our eyes to see the things of God, to know Christ. And it all begins with knowing him as our personal Savior. That's when you received the Holy Spirit of God. At that moment when you were born again, the Holy Spirit of God came within you. Our physical eye could not see. The things of this world could not even understand. The princes of this world couldn't understand. Otherwise, if they would understood it, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus Christ. But we see spiritual things. The Holy Spirit of God opens our eyes to see the things that God does for us, to see the abundant life that God has for us right now. The victory we can have right now. The joy that we can have in the, in the face of difficulties, in the face of the challenges of life, when the world says it's not possible for you to have joy, when you can have joy unspeakable and full of glory because of the Holy Spirit within you, you're seeing things in a different light. You're seeing things through the eyes of faith. God opens your eyes to see it. Yeah, He's preparing heaven for us. 
I'm looking forward to it. No, I can't comprehend it. And it's going to be beyond our wildest imagination. There are a lot of Christians today, though, that we haven't grasped the concept that we can have what God has for us right now, too, the abundant life right now. See through eyes of faith. The Holy Spirit of God is within you. I'm thankful today. I praise God that Jesus Christ is the great I am. I'm thankful that he is the door of the sheep. He is the door. And he came to provide life abundant and eternal for those who come to him by faith. Have you come to him by faith? Have you trusted in Christ as your Savior? Have you come into the sheepfold, his fold? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed as we pray. Jesus, we're so thankful today that you are the great I am. That you are the door. Lord, I'm so thankful today that for those who trusted in you as their personal Savior, they're your sheep. You are a shepherd. And Lord, I'm thankful today that you didn't come to destroy, to kill. You came that you might die, that we might live. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being our shepherd and guiding us, protecting us. Thank you for the salvation you give. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, let me ask you, do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is he your shepherd? Many people, you know the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Have you trusted in Christ as your personal Savior? Can you look back to that time, that place, that moment when you were born again? You're here this morning, you say, Preacher, yes, I can. I, I remember the time. I remember when I was born again. I'm a child of God. If that's your testimony today, would you lift your hand up high? Say, yes, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. God bless me. Put your hands down. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Perhaps you're here this morning, you don't have that peace of knowing. I mean, what if you were to die today? What if this was your last day on earth? Where would you spend eternity? If you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, I'll be honest, I don't know. I don't have that peace. I've got fear. I, don't, I have doubt. Not peace. Listen, I'd like to pray for you today. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just ask you, would you just slip your hand up? Could I pray for you? I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you. I'll just pray that you find that peace today. I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you. You say, I don't have that peace. I don't know. I don't know if I died today that I'd go to heaven. Would you slip your hand up? Could I pray for you today? God wants you to know. God wants you to have that peace.
God loves you. In just a moment, we're going to have a time we call an invitation. I'm going to invite you to step out and come. After I pray, I will pray for you. I pray that God will speak to your heart, that you'll listen to his voice. Listen while there's time. Listen while he's calling. If you'll step out and come in just a moment, people's heads will be bowed and eyes will be closed. I'd ask you to step out and come to the front. We'll have one of our workers to open up the word of God in one of our side rooms here and show you today how you can be saved. You might be here today and you've got doubt of your salvation. Why don't you nail it down today, once for all? Why don't you claim the victory? Why don't you trust the Lord? You might come and the Bible's opened up. The Word of God is shared. And you'll realize that, yes, I am saved. Maybe the devil's trying to get you away from God and trying to keep you away from God. You need to shore that up today. Nail it down. Let Christ give you that abundant life He's promised. Christian, I would ask you today to rejoice in the abundance available through Christ. You don't have to live a life in defeat. You don't have to live a life in despair. Why don't you just say, Lord, I believe. I trust in You. I know you can deliver me through this. Maybe today you just need to come back to the Lord. Stop listening to the world. Stop listening to the deceiver, the devil. Get your eyes back on Jesus Christ. Claim the victory that God has for you. Come back into the safety of the fold. Lay that need at His feet. He knows you by name. Oh, and He loves you. He loves you. Don't let the devil rob you of getting back in a right relationship with God. Don't let Him tempt you to think that God can't forgive you. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise. Lord, we thank You for being the great I Am. Thank You for being the door. Thank You for being our shepherd. And Lord, I pray today for those that are here right now that do not have the peace of knowing that they're on their way to heaven. Lord, I pray that You would speak to their hearts, that You draw them unto You. Your Holy Spirit would bring conviction in their heart. Lord, they would know that they've sinned. Lord, that You'd speak to them. And Lord, they would know that Jesus paid their sin debt on Calvary's cross. Lord, they would trust in You today. I pray that You'd bind the hands of the devil. I pray, Lord, that You would not allow our flesh to get in the way. Lord, I pray that we would not listen to the world. But Lord, that we would listen to Your Holy Spirit right now. And obey Your voice. You came to give life, life more abundantly. I pray this in Jesus' name with heads bowed and eyes.